G'day, teabaggers. This is a brand new episode with my dear friend uh, Ryan Sickler from The Crab Feast. You've got to listen to that podcast. It is uh, just an absolutely fantastic podcast. I'm on it again in a couple of weeks, so you better check out my episode. But in the meantime, enjoy this uh, chat with Rye. Now, we did a, about a 15-minute chat before the cleaner turned up. Uh, that's disappeared because you know how good I am at losing stuff. Uh, so this conversation may seem like it just starts halfway through because it starts halfway through. So imagine we talked for about 15 minutes, then the cleaner came and I did something wrong and that disappeared and then there's this bit. Anyway, it's a whole podcast still, so I think you're going to enjoy yourselves. But uh, please come and see my show if you're in London at the Soho Theatre. Free Will is the name of that show. Uh, Tuesday night uh, is almost sold out, but Wednesday this week, when I've got all the press in, is not almost sold out. So if you're thinking of a night, you're like, when would Will like me to come? Wednesday night, 7.30. That would be a great time to come. Come, enjoy the show. Uh, that'd be really fantastic. And uh, I look forward to meeting all the uh, people over there in London. Please come up and say good day uh, while I'm there. Uh, Free Will is on sale in Sydney and Perth at the moment as well in Australia. And I'm taking it to the Montreal Festival and to LA. Uh, but, you know, the dates and uh, details of those are on other podcasts. Uh, please, if you like this podcast or any of the podcasts that I put up, uh, rate them in the place that you listen to them. Uh, subscribe to the podcast so that when I do a whole batch of them like this, you uh, you notice when they all come out uh, and do all that sort of stuff. Anyway, not going to bang on too much. Enjoy this episode with Ryan. Cheers. The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen-shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15 and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax, this is Topo. <laughs> Ironically, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> okay, so, uh, alright, this is part two, now the cleaner's here. So, but that's good. We, you know, we got a little bit done at the start, and so it won't feel so awkward. There are parts of the apartment that can be cleaned that won't seem like, you know, yeah. we're in the midst right. of it, in the eye of the hurricane. Um, I wanted to go back to your comment. I, I, guess, I guess it would be over-parenting, I guess, is what... It's funny, because you're worried about over-parenting, yet you're also worried about... Under-parenting. Yeah. 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 I so, mean, yeah. And yeah. How, how do you know? Like, right. you've got to get that Goldilocks sweet spot of like, you know, and knowing when to overparent. And like, because I mean, for me, the thing that I'm like is like, say drugs, right? Right. Like, how can I, who I imagine in this scenario when I have a kid is like 15 years from now, I imagine I'm still smoking pot, right? Y- you are. Yeah. <laughs> well, at, at that point, everyone is. It'll pro- It'll most likely will be legal absolutely by right well two things will have happened by that so now we're gonna have to learn how to teach our kids to smoke weed responsibly the way they when turn 21 drink alcohol responsibly because we all know that you can't be smoking the sort of weed that they have now when you're 15 no way no like it's not it's not for you no i have uncles that are like this yeah 
I have uncles that are like, the weed now is nothing like it was back in the 60s. Like, it is just, these farmers are getting crazy. Weed. Oh, no, that's what they're saying with, like, you know, with the places that it's legal. The problem is that people who, like, you know, did smoke pot in the 60s but haven't really You've kept been, up with pot since you're then. Retired. But now, but <laughs> yeah. now we're kind of like, well, if it's illegal, we can relive the 60s. And they're like, hang on, this is not the 60s. This is in the 60s, This yeah. ain't the 60s This is I outer remember. space right here, this yeah. Is, this ain't your granddaddy's 60s. It is not. <laughs> Um, but and all I, that edible shit, like I oh, mean, some of that stuff is like, I mean, you know, it's, it's like tripping on acid. Well, it's for professionals. It's it for is. professional use only. You'll laugh at this. I, uh, I had pneumonia, maybe not this part, but I had pneumonia at Thanksgiving. <laughs> hilarious. I've never had, I've never been sicker in my life for, oh, for four days. I was just bedridden. I couldn't do anything. And it's terribly dangerous. Like yeah. the thing that people don't realize, you know, we talk all, all the time about things like Ebola, but, uh, but if you look at the statistics, the amount of people who die, I had a, a very good friend of mine uh, who was 30 years old and she died of pneumonia. What? Yeah. Healthy 30 year old woman got pneumonia and died. Jesus. It happens like mostly it happens for young people and old people, but it's not unheard of. Because, you know, you, there's complications to it. People don't take it as seriously as it is. It's really serious. It is very serious. And the crazy part was at the time, Donna's mom was visiting because we just had the baby. Mm. And she's old. Right. Uh, er. And, and the baby I is assume, a newborn. I assume the baby is young. Brand new. Right? Brand new. It didn't come out Benjamin Button style. No. <laughs> Came out young. We have a 90-year-old uh. baby. <laughs> so we have two Two senior people. citizens. <laughs> So I have to stay in this room right. and stay away from everyone. And I didn't eat. I wasn't doing anything. And I just started to lose my mind. And I, I love football. I love football. Uh-huh. But When you say football? I say, you know, Amer- NFL. Yeah, okay. And um, Gridiron. Yeah, gridiron. American, <laughs> American football. And I don't I, think anyone says gridiron anymore. No. That's like using the N-word. Like, <laughs> For football. <laughs> right. People know better these days. You can't yeah, no. You can't use the G word. It's American football. So I even three games, I mean, I started losing my there's nothing else on. I was like, fine, I'll be able to watch football. I get up. I'm up anyway. The first right. one, the second one, I started losing my mind. I'm like, oh my God. And I remember at Chris uh, or uh like a, a week before uh a friend of mine had given me this brownie and I, they usually don't work on me uh-huh. um, for a weird reason. Everybody keeps saying, do it this way, whatever, once in a while. So I thought, this one, there's no way it's not going to work. I haven't eaten and I have nothing in my system. And man, it was the best. It was the best thing I could have done. It just got me completely off of... Actually, at the same time, Ferguson was going on, Ferguson, uh-huh. Missouri. And all I would see online or anywhere I looked was that. I just was like, God, I got to get away. I couldn't get away from it. So football, I thought, would be a good release, and then it just wasn't. And then that brownie just saved me. It saved me. See? It if, saved if me. I was pe- losing my mind laying in bed. Ferguson. <laughs> <laughs> and Baltimore, man. Just take some brownies. Yeah, it was it was huge. But um, I, I, so I, I, of course, we... Digress. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's okay. That's totally okay. I um so I wanted to tell you about uh, something I've learned too about having a newborn is there there's a little bit of freedom that comes with it where people nicer people will help you 
you know, you know what's going. You can get away with a little more, right? When you have a newborn. No, I understand. You that. know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Uh, just certain things, and I went to my uh, right. I, I mean, not like at the yeah. bank or whatever. No, they're loading you on planes early, that kind yeah. of shit. You know. And I go to my uh, stepson. Right, yeah, you're like, I've never flown enough to be a frequent flyer, but now I get like, I can't, I can't pay for group one boarding ordinarily, but this is this has got an upside. It's got at least. An I had a baby, so I could board early. Right. Um, you're saving me twenty five dollars every time we fly, but I don't have to. That shit adds up. <laughs> this thing's paying for itself. This baby. I go to his middle school. They had some sort of fundraiser or something. There was a stage set up with like these folding plastic chairs, and they had some like big gray trash cans, and they had caution tape on it. It was very difficult. There was no one there uh, in the stand seats anymore, and I'm pushing the stroller to come over and support and help and shit, and I can't get between this damn plastic trash can and these chairs, like the wheels getting caught on. So I'm starting to get fucking just frustrated. I just take the stroller, and I'm like, bang, bang. I knock him out of the way, and this lady looks at me. She's like, what are you doing? And I just yelled over my shoulder, I'm trying to stroll my daughter. That's what I'm trying to do. I got a newborn in here. I'm just trying to stroll. That's what I'm doing. They were like, all right, go ahead, go ahead. And my neighbor saw it. She started laughing so hard, and they're all coming over to her because she's like Miss PTA, and they're like, is he all right? She's like, he's, he's totally fine. He's totally fine. <laughs> but yeah, there's nothing better than go, I'm just going to bash yeah. the only thing that I have this tiny, most precious infant in against this. She loves it. She was down for it. Yeah, a bit of fun. You know what? <coughs> Welcome to the world. Because, you know, there's going to be sometimes when you're bashing against some pins for no reason. It's the best best lesson you can teach a child. It is the best lesson you can teach a child. Yeah. I um and back to like the stuff we did as kids, like I mean, I think about things like we used to just ride in the back of pickup trucks. I know people oh. probably still do that out there now, but man, I think about that now. We, we have one one guy, I, I can't call him a friend, but we knew him. We went to our high school and he fell out of the back, hit his head and he died. And you just, you, you don't think that when you're 17 though. You don't think like we'll put four or five people in the back of a pickup truck. You don't like, think anything of it. We, I mean, I grew up on a farm. So even like my father, like, put me like we would just you know we'd be on the back of the like well the tray of like what you guys would call a pickup truck but we call a ute right i mean you just we that's how we'd ride in the back with the dog yeah with the and dog just, i see people on the highway with their dogs in the back it scares i'm like that dog's that dog's not gonna jump out fall out and we would sit like on the back of it like dangle our legs over yeah like is he's yeah going through a, like a, a field with like you know it's not like a paved right, road yeah, I was just gonna say, like, it's at any time he could just hit an unexpected <laughs> oh, yeah. what happened to the kids oh they're all dead <laughs> three broken necks because I went over a bump yeah we let them just like dangle off the back mm-hmm. like here's something we used to do I've talked about this a couple of times on the podcast because I, oh, I always remember this it's like we had an above ground swimming pool right my man like, above you know, ground pools yeah of we're, course we're on a farm we have an above ground swimming pool uh, we also had like a, a trampoline, not these fucking modern day Thunderdome trampolines. That shit, yeah, it's ridiculous what's like going on now. An old a circle school. one. Yes, yeah. So, yeah. So we had like that old school one with springs yeah. exposed, the whole thing. Where your right. fingers could get caught and shit oh, in it. Yeah, yeah the whole yeah. thing. <laughs> Nothing in between the springs, like, right? And so <laughs> we, we put this trampoline. Firstly, on like, again, we live on a farm. So the grass outside our house isn't like, it's it's grass like it's a it's 
earth. It isn't right. like all paved out. It's right. like lumpy. There's nowhere you can put a trampoline where it's flat. Like nowhere. And you're not grading the area out. No. Yeah, no. No, you just put just it where it, it is. Just putting it up, yeah. Right? So firstly, we have so we put this wonky trampoline next to you know, the, the swimming pool. And we would like bounce on the trampoline. Yeah, into the swimming. You would. Yeah, but you have to go. <laughs> Firstly, first degree of difficulty is trampoline is lower than the swimming pool. Is, oh, right? so you're going. Oh, so firstly, okay. you've got to go up and over. Oh, it goes terribly. Long, long In my head, I just see you guys doing like little mini tramp jumps up into it. Right. <laughs> so, wait, how deep is the pool? Like four. Yeah, I guess four. Yeah, okay, right? so that's also dangerous. Oh, yeah. it's so dangerous. Mm-hmm. So you got to get up over the up aluminum over. siding. Right, and by the way, again, you've got to remember that there's like in the middle of the trampoline and then there's like springs and there's like a metal frame. So the closest you can get the trampoline to the swimming pool is like right up against it, but you've still got a considerable amount of like yeah. metal and spring or whatever that can, you know, things can go wrong. You can't there's some shit close, in the way, right? yeah. yeah. So... First goal or two was probably fine. But then, of course, you have the added element of that you're getting out of the swimming pool and onto the trampoline. Like, so everybody's... Now it's just so wet. wet. (laughs) (laughs) Now, like, it's a death trap. Like, it's a euthanasia machine. That's what it is. Like, it's, like, so dangerous. And yet our parents would sit in the house and watch... Like, that's the bit that I want to... I want to know, because if my kids were doing that, I, there'd be a bit of me that would just be like, you know what, like they're gonna die, and we we can't let them do that. No, but my parents just let us do that. But I think Maybe in that situation, I would I, I would watch you guys. I would sit and I would sit up on the porch, yeah. and have a beer, and I'd be like, come here and watch this shit right here, and just watch them go and go, and then of course sooner or later, some yeah. then it's Something like okay, fun's yeah. over, yeah, you know? right. and then you gotta run your ass down. And that's what it was. Yeah. That's what happened every time. There was not a time that that happened. <laughs> that's a microcosm of parenting tears. right yeah. there. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's right. There's not one time it doesn't end in tears. Yeah, someone's gonna get alert. Look, here's the deal. That's what I tell him all the time. Like, here's the deal. You guys want to wrestle? You can wrestle. Right. But the minute one of you gets hurt and cries, it's over. That is going to happen. It could be you. It could be him. Right. Do you still want to do it? Yeah. Go ahead. All right. Go ahead. But you know, yeah. And then as soon, I mean, if it's two minutes, it's done. Like right. you're over. Like, oh. that's, um, that's good though. I like that. I yeah. like that. That's a good perspective. Like that idea of going, here's what I know is going to happen. But rather than me just telling you that's going to happen and then stop it going, well, here's what's going to happen. And then like when it happens, you go, well, I explained to you what was going to happen. That's right. I like it better than yeah. saying. Yeah, you're kind of. That, that's basically you. I being, know better. Yeah, that's like you being Liam Neeson. That's your Liam Neeson <laughs> moment. That's your mini Liam Neeson, you know? When you explain <laughs> to the bad guys exactly what's going to happen. And at the time they doubt it. And then it happens exactly how he described it. That's what you've just done. You've done a mini Liam. I feel good about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I tell them all the time. Like, because if I say no, they're going to say why. And then I'm right. going to say, because this is going to happen. Instead. Let it happen. I mean, they're gonna get hurt. Someone's right. gonna cry. You're gonna you're gonna hit your head on something. You know. I, I mean, and I keep an eye on. Them. I'm not in there letting right. them. You know, fucking uh, right. off the top of the ropes and shit coming you're not, down. Yeah. And you're, just, not, just, you're not chanting two go in, one comes out. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting cage up yeah. around the room and shit. Like it's yeah. a cage match. It's a cage match for you. It's like that scene from uh, <laughs> The Dark Knight where the Joker splits the pool cue in half. <laughs> just throws one at each. <laughs> um 
something we used to do too. We uh, we had cousins that had an above ground pool, and we would go over there. And uh, one of the things we would do, so they they built a wooden deck onto the side of just an above ground pool, oh. and then same thing. You're we're jumping, right. we're sprinting on wet wood. Yeah. And sooner or later, someone's gonna put their foot down and gow on their back, and then slide their back, cut their back. I all mean, that's up. your classic move, on right? Your, on your wooden, that's just gonna go from under you. Why would you build a wooden? <laughs> fucking deck attached to an above with no grip tape no nothing just nothing it should have just said a line it should have just said slip here and you're going up that little fucking uh you know wet ladder and shit too your leg will come off but we would put i mean we would take inner tubes and we would dive headfirst off of this thing into a four-foot fucking pool oh, and yeah. then try to get the ball in like we were doing some kind of dunk or something. And whoever got hurt, they got hurt, and they just had to go over there. Right. And if, if they could come back later, they could. But if you couldn't, you couldn't. And then, you know, we had a younger brother and, and uh, my other cousin's sister was younger. So we would get in, and we would do a whirlpool. Did you ever do this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just, we would just go faster and faster and get that thing kicking. And then when they were the least expected, you would just kick somebody into the middle of the fucking thing. And we would just keep going laughing. And they're really going under and shit. I don't know how, I don't know how most people get past like 16, 17. Because by then you've done enough dumb shit to die. Oh, I mean, it's one of those things, even when you have like another child, like there's part of you that must be like, uh, you know, particularly if you have them like in rapid succession, my, my sister has four under the age of seven or whatever, eight, you know what I mean? Like, so they're all kind of, you know, old enough to be able to play with each other, at least in various different forms. And essentially every time you have another child, it's basically like, oh, by the way, we put you in a house with people who are most <laughs> likely to kill you. Like, like these are... <laughs> You just we brought just into the mess. Like, this is your brother and sister. They might kill you. They may be responsible for your death. Oh man, we used to go. I had a my first car was a little Toyota, and I mean I paid five hundred bucks for it. This thing was not. Uh, I mean it was hardly in shape to be on the road, really. Uh-huh. And but that's what everyone had. Um, and we found a road where in Maryland where. Um, you go out in the county a little bit, and there was a hill that if you did the speed limit, it was even if you did the speed limit, it's one of those hills where you go over and you feel you go up and you're uh-huh. like, whoa, if we go 50 over this 30, we're going to get some air off of this. Right. And in high school at night, we would go down to this place, and I mean, we'd all take our cars, and they were Toyota station wagons, uh, you know, little Honda Civic. I mean, no, nothing that right. should have been doing this. And we are <laughs> down there, and we're hitting 60 miles an hour, and we're getting all four tires off the ground on that little hill, and then like, hitting down, and then, you know, hoping like hell. Four people in the car. Why three people would want to get in to experience that? And, you know, when we could just pull. There's no shoulder. It's just two lanes and grass so if you hit you're going right and um i mean then we realize after the next day you're like oh my god all my shocks are ruined now and shit (laughs) you don't think of any like you're not even thinking about dying you're you're not thinking about any of it and i don't know how none of us i don't know how we did got through all that no but like but people do and but this is why we like children are idiots 
And like young men in particular, it's been scientifically proven, are idiots who should not be responsible for their own choices until they're like 25 or something. Yeah, that like sounds been, about right. There's been scientific proof that like really, you know, the brain isn't maturing at that and people, all these are rational decisions. And I think as a society, we don't tra- tackle things like crime or education or whatever. Like we... I, I think we've just got the we we think of people who are eighteen as being adults because we let them like you know vote or one well, you don't let them drink in your country but like you know in, in you most drink countries. eighteen in Australia 18 in Australia yeah. yeah and you know well in Australia the thing was always if we can send you to uh, fight and die in a war then you know you, you should be able to have a drink well that's the argument here and you still can't yeah. yeah right. <laughs> We're like we're willing to meet same argument. Either should be you can't go into the army when you're under 21, or you put the drinking. But they should be the same. Yeah, I don't think that you should be able to be shot at before you can buy shots. No, legally. great that point. Is, <laughs> that is a great point. It's the truth. Like I was doing a gig in uh, Cleveland, and after the show, it was just like they had an after party at this bar, and there was this like uh, girl that I was talking to, like just having a chat to, her, and but like I was going to get a drink, so just out of politeness, I said, "Would you like a drink?" And she goes, "Oh no, I can't legally drink." And I was like, I, "It didn't even occur to me." She was like twenty, right? And it just did not even occur to me that you couldn't like legally buy a drink. It, it blows my mind a little yeah. bit. It just seems so old. But at the same time, I guess that's the reverse of the point I'm saying. Maybe the Americans have actually got it right. They're not letting people make those stupid decisions. when. The, but, you know, it's the weird thing about the education system that we're like, it's 17 or 18, you're meant to know what you're going to do with the rest of your life. Don't ask people then. That's the worst time. It's the worst People know fucking, fucking time. nothing then. No. Maybe ask them at 14 and then check in again at 17 and then ask them again at 20. Like, but whatever it is, it's, it's not working. No, I changed majors in college three or four times. Oh, I still me, didn't know what I wanted Tell me what you studied. I first started off uh, for physical therapy. I, oh, okay. I wanted to do physical therapy. I was fascinated by the body touching and people. stuff and touching people. For and money. I had actually been in physical therapy. I had... Um, I tore a disc in my back, so they put me through physical therapy for that. Um, I had arthroscopic surgery on one of my knees in like ninth grade. I went through physical therapy for that, and I enjoyed, I enjoyed physical therapy. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, helping people, and you can see, like, I, I think it would be one of those jobs where you can genuinely see progress. Like right. sometimes in our line of work, the arts, it's hard to measure, you know, how you're going. Are you in good form? Are you doing things well? Are you progressing? But I think in that sort of job. Like you in a clearly world, see, yeah. in a world where you don't know if you're helping people or if you're making the world better, I think it's a job where you could clearly just go. This is I'm helping people, and I can actually see the evidence of the. Yeah, that's good a great that point, yeah. But I also enjoyed. So good on you for not doing that. Could have been man. a hero, mate. Could have been, you know. <laughs> yeah. Could have been helping you all out back there with rheumatoid arthritis and everything. Come see me. Um, I enjoyed, like, I was an athlete through high school, played all kinds of sports. So I enjoyed also learning new stretches and, you know, built, uh, you know, strengthening exercises wow. and stuff like that. I was like, oh, we're not learning this shit. And then I started in, uh, I went through, you know, human anatomy and physiology, and it was just a ton. I was like, God, I, I no, 
I'm not built for this. The like, human body is complex. The, I mean, it is. I'm, the whole brain I studied, we had, you know, dissected, a, what was it, a sheep's brain we did in college because it's supposedly very similar to the human brain in <laughs> uh, look and style. I mean, what, uh, a, what, a, also, what a great metaphor. I mean, we are sheep. sheep. We are nothing but fucking sheep. Look it's at the, us. the truth. Fucking Kim Kardashians fucking giving, yeah. you know, as life advice. We're, of course we're fucking sheep. You know, I worry about stuff like that, like this world ends and then they they find something with Kim Kardashian and they're like, oh my God, she was their Cleopatra, like they worshipped her. And it would be hard to argue against that with the number of it's hard to argue against social that. media followers alone. It's hard to argue that that is not what is happening. Yes. But yeah. it also then gives you that mindset of like, even with a thing like Cleopatra, was there a whole bunch of people like, like us? fuck Cleopatra. <laughs> like, I can't believe. This show sucks. I can't believe that this is what people are going to remember. Fuck if they just remember Cleopatra <laughs> and they don't remember Helena, which was actually the good one that the indie people were into, like people will tell you if they were there. Eight seasons of keeping up with Cleopatra, man. Right. Come on, enough's enough. Enough. God. That is hilarious. And all the spin offs. That is hilarious. I mean, in the romance, it's very much like her and Kanye, you know? Um, did you see that little vine of Kanye at the basketball losing his... It's one of those... Somebody's taken a vine and Kanye's at the basketball and he's having a good time. So he's laughing and then he sees that the camera's on him and in just in a second he goes back to his serious Kanye Yeah, I face. did see that. He was talking to Scottie Pippen. Right. Yeah. Having a good time. Having a like good a time. Like a normal being, human being. And then sees the camera and just the transition back into Kanye the character. Yeah. It, that moment says as much about the society that we live in as anything. That this guy is... I mean, it, I just... It, it made me sad. I, it'd be great... To, I'm sure it'd be great to have, like, the money that people like Kanye have. But I think everything else that comes with it, like that, that that's enough for me to go, I honestly am happy with my life than Kanye's life. Yeah. That I, moment. Yeah. And there'd be so many things about his life, I'm sure, that I would think were really cool. And, you know, I'm not an idiot, but... That moment was enough for me to go. I went to the basketball the other night and I went in my fucking tracksuit pants by myself. <laughs> you went solo? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. To what, Clippers? To the Clippers. Go for the you, man. Yeah. And because, well, the other thing was, like, it was one of those things where I love the basketball and I followed the Clippers forever and they're finally good. Yeah. And, like, by myself, I can buy, like, because I can afford. You know, I just had a nice run back home. I can afford it like an expensive ticket, but it's a weird, and that's where I and that's where I want to sit. I want to sit down the front and soak it all up next to Billy Crystal. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah, well, yeah, right. yeah that's right. <laughs> What's up, Billy? Yeah, you actually didn't see it in the vine, but it was me over Scotty Pippen's shoulder who just said something really funny, and Kanye was like lit up for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I actually did see that. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad I'm current, man. So um, the thing is that uh, I, so I can go and enjoy that. But also, I will admit this: um, if I had a friend who would have wanted to like buy a ticket at that expensive and go with that, that would have been fun to go with too. But it's a weird thing to to, to someone who you like. I could have just. Uh, it's a weird way to explain. Okay, here's what I'll say. If I just had a friend who I knew loved the basketball, we could have got a couple of cheap seats and gone and sat in them together and I would have been fine with that, right? 
But it's weird to just like ring an acquaintance or whatever and say, hey, do you want to come and buy a really expensive seat, you know, to the basketball? Right, yeah. Like, whereas by myself, I can just like get that seat and like, you know, go down there and like enjoy the experience. I can get there early. I can do all the things that I want to do, right? And I can also do what I did do the other night, which was I had this uh, cookie in my... Uh, fridge and I had that cookie and I took myself to the basketball. Fuck yeah! And it was one of the best nights that I've ever had. In they, my won, they, they won that one. They won it? by like twenty points. Yeah, so I could just the one, and yeah. like, it was the night that Austin Rivers like just it scored like twenty five points and like he's uh, for people who don't follow basketball. Austin Rivers is our coach, Doc Rivers' son. That's right. And he gets mocked a lot because like he's the son of the coach and he's never quite been that. And he just had because he went off. He just went off and it's like been amazing and everyone at the end was like chanting austin rivers and when he went off court he got a standing ovation oh, that's and, nice but also when you're like at, like because i've been having some beers by myself and eating my popcorn and like you know enjoying my cookie and like having the best night ever you know and um <laughs> and then like i'm now having an emotional right <laughs> seriously because like his dad like you know he's gone yeah. through his journey of being mocked like you're only on the team and then like our best player's injured and he stepped up and he's really done and now the whole crowd is like giving him a standing ovation and chanting his name and his dad who's the coach has to keep like game face on but in my head oh, you yeah. know where i am with that i'm like oh he must be the proudest he's ever but, like yep. this moment he just must be as a dad like he's, think, he's pretending to still be a coach, but there must be a bit of him as a dad. Oh, there was no way right. must be. There's so, no way it couldn't right. be. Yeah, like good for you and fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, it was one of those moments. That's awesome. I like, so I enjoyed the whole experience. <laughs> I um I heard a story. Uh, I saw Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce uh, when Doc Rivers used to coach the Celtics. Uh-huh. And... Um, they were it was the year they won the championship okay and they went through the lakers to do it and the lakers were really good then and they were uh the celtics were in la at the time during the regular season and doc said to every player in the locker room give me a thousand dollars everybody give me some money right now and they all did and he rubber banded it up together and he stood up on a chair and he slid a ceiling tile out of the way and he put it up there and shut the ceiling tile and he said we're going to be back here fighting for a championship and when we are we're going to get that money and then the season went on and damn if they didn't get into the playoffs and damn if they didn't have to come to la and they got back in that locker room and he didn't say anything and he stood back up on that chair and he slid the ceiling tile away and he grabbed the money pulled it down and he just put it on the table and the locker room went nuts and they went and won the fucking championship it's such a great fucking story okay so do you think that really happened? I think to it, I don't think a thousand dollars from every guy, but I do think it uh, from an extent it happened. Do yeah. you think the money was still there? That's the bit that I like. I bet it, not. I bet. Do I think thirty thousand dollars was still up in the tiles? Right. No. No, because normally, like, I mean, come on. I hope it happened. They would have they would have opened it up, <laughs> and there would have been no fucking money there. I hope it happened. Um, yeah, some um, some fucking ceiling guy, you know, some guy Gary, some right, electrician. Greatest, greatest Jesus guy, Christ! It's the guy's guy in doing like the air conditioning or whatever. Like Why is the electrician driving a Tesla, man? What's right. going on over there? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I hope it happened. I, I believe like the- to some form of uh, you know. Uh, 
I mean, that's certainly and, and storytelling. What, and, yeah, and what happens if they don't get back there? Does like Doc just go Doc, back and get Doc's the money just gonna later? be like, hey man, I gotta. Uh, can you guys <laughs> just, get that money back? <laughs> <laughs> I like to think what really happened is that like Doc puts the money up there, right? And then uh, yeah, once they're out on the court, like there's an assistant from the club who goes up and seals it all, you know, into like some things. They put it away, and then just before they like get back in there, that it's that person's job to put the money back. Like you know, when they're checking off to, but hey, we're back there. Uh, there's probably something in every fucking roof. <laughs> <laughs> if you get into a locker room out there, everybody, just slide a ceiling like, tile. Just slide away. a tile. Like pick something up. Check in bins. There are metaphors and analogies happening everywhere. Another favorite one I, I've heard too is I can't remember what it is, but when you make it to the Super Bowl, if you win the Super Bowl, you get a bonus. Maybe it's twenty five thousand sure. dollars a play or something like that. And there was I can't remember the coach who did it, but he brought a duffel bag of cash in and he just dumped it out twenty five grand out on the table. Mm. And he wanted to show everybody what twenty five thousand dollars looked like. And he just said, This is what you get, each one of you, if you win tonight. And that was more than enough motivation to go out there and beat somebody's ass. Just seeing a mound of money. I mean, there is something I don't know if I've ever seen a mound of money. Now what twenty twenty five thousand dollars on a table probably looks like $2 million on a table. You know what I mean? It probably looks like a lot of fucking money. I would do it in fives. Right. I mean, you have to get yeah. I mean, I, like in America, you can make it because you get singles. Like, we don't have a note under a five. But you don't? No, God, no, I'm no. learning so much. I mean, you guys are still hanging on to unnecessary Pennies. low. Pennies. I mean, let the it penny go. Penny is guys. unnecessary. Let it go. Yeah. They cost more to make than mm-hmm. they are worth. So that's a bad business model. And also, nobody likes them. Like, it's, they're not necessary. Anyway, so in Australia, our smallest coin is the five cents. We're done under five cents. I feel like we should just stop at a quarter. What do we need tens and fives for anymore? I I don't think you do. Should go quarter coin and five on the dollar. What are you getting change? What like what are you buying that you're you're getting change for twenty five cents? Right. Literally, what are you buying? Right. That you're like, oh no, I just. That you can't give somebody 25... Let's just say 25 cents is the minimum cost of anything. <laughs> we all agree that that's what... Anything that costs something will cost 25 cents. Minimum 25 cents. <laughs> minimum quarter. I mean, I guess there's going to be some losers at some lemonade stands, oh, but people God. are happy to what, round. Yeah, 25 cents 25 is fine. 25 cents. I mean, yeah. I, so we've, yeah, we've only got five, ten. Yeah, I reckon we could get rid of fives easily. 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 And you've still got ones and twos. Makes no sense. I mean, you're right. You don't see twos. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> you don't see twos off that every now and then it'll float in your hand. It's so funny. Right. Yeah, it's like, like, I, I didn't it's think, like Haley's when Comet. I first, when I first got one. Were <laughs> yeah. like, you like, is this fucking bullshit I right was now? like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Like somebody's giving me like I was like oh, it's like counterfeit money or like bullshit or a promo- promotion or something. Like I had to Google it. I literally I, I googled it. I don't blame you. When I first got one, I was a kid. This is how dumb I was as a kid. I got one. I was like, oh my god, a two dollar bill. I yeah. took that shit to the bank, thinking if I put that in the bank, I'd right. be able to get that back later. Yeah. Oh, that truth one. is just like <laughs> yeah, that one. Truth is, I can get another one. But I thought that one was going in like my account. I didn't know what that meant. Right. I was like, yeah. You thought they literally put you're your right. money in there. See, you're so it's so funny because you said like you still have two dollar bills, and I I forgot about it. You know but we you should, do. You know where you should put that in your roof. 
<laughs> Can you imagine if I went back right now to my childhood house? Excuse me for a second. Still here. Still here, guys. That's on you. You could add two bucks, man. <laughs> oh, shit. I was talking to somebody about this on the podcast the other day, but I think you might enjoy this, which is the idea of like leaving random clues around my and prizes because people stay here that sometimes I don't even really know that like I'll know the people but you know don't know them well or anything you know not enough that like they're going to be looking around my stuff or whatever and you assume that everybody who stays at the house looks around the stuff right I just assume I would assume happens, that yeah right? so what if I had just hidden some like random stuff or like le- left like a clue under something like or what, like you know what I mean just that idea of like and just seeing how people reacted to the idea of like because they'd be in places that like it's me acknowledging that I know they've looked there but then also to reveal that they've looked there they go, they've got to reveal that they right, looked yeah. there right have you done that I haven't done it yet oh you no, gotta I only do thought that. about it the other day that's a good idea that's probably a sign I have too much time on my hands <laughs> Maybe you I should could, do that. Maybe though. I should channel that energy into something else. You but. could do little fortune cookie uh, like oh. ribbons and just be like, you know, why are you looking here? Shit like that. That's a good idea. You know you're not supposed to be in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leave them little messages all around. And then like, but there's some candy in the in, yeah. in the third drawer down. Yeah if, you, yeah, if you really need. Right. Like if you're in that far and then the candy's gone, you'll know. You'll know. <laughs> <laughs> I did have someone uh, stay here, and uh, they said, um, "Can can I uh, like buy you something as a, like a, as a gift or whatever?" And uh, I said, "Oh yeah, well like a, like a bottle of wine or whatever, you know, just something like that is fine." And they said, "Cool." And then I got a message from them afterwards, basically saying, "Like I'm so sorry, but what happened instead was I didn't get time to get the wine, and I also took some money out of your drawer. Like I just had some spare notes to pay for something. Two dollar so, bills. Yeah. Man. So essentially, yeah. yeah. <laughs> some two two dollar bills. I was keeping around. those for the championship. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> just fucked up my whole game speech now. <laughs> what the hell am I supposed to do now? <laughs> Um, but yeah, so basically I got a message from her saying, well, not only did I not get you a present, but I stole from you. That anyway, was great. But it was fine. <clears throat> I stayed one time. Um, this was in Indiana. I was uh, stayed at a bed and breakfast. It was the oh, yeah. first and only time I've stayed at a bed and breakfast. Okay. Um, and it was so good that you it was, never wanted yeah, to ever. the experience. Um, you don't want to ruin how good the first time was. It was like Valentine's Day. We were in Indianapolis, uh, and I was like, oh, I'll set this up, and yeah. do something nice and different, whatever, yeah. look it all up, set it up. And then we get there, and what I didn't realize is each room was themed. So, like, this is the Marilyn Monroe room uh-huh. or whatever they had going on around this thing. Right. I'm like, oh, this is already starting to be a little bizarre, you know? So, which, uh, what, uh, what theme of room? I did forget you what guys we got. I feel like, I feel like we got like rainforest or something, you know, okay. something like that. Something kind of like, yeah. Right. Just not, not thinking not boxing too. Boxing ring no. or, you know, <laughs> yeah. eyes, eyes wide shut. <laughs> eyes or. wide shut. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the the exorcist. Does anyone ever book like, this? You'd be it, surprised. This yeah, is, yeah. This is our popular room right here. It's our most popular room right here. Um, <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's. What? I don't know. It was, it was just 
this place got built at the same time that movie was. We get Bernie's two. Yeah. What if it was just? What if there was one two? I think there was a three. <laughs> but why can't we just get the weekend at Bernie's room? Well, you guys are going to be in weekend at Bernie's three right over here. It's small. It's a junior suite. Um. So we go to breakfast in the morning. And we sit down, and it's all these other couples. Uh-huh. And the lady comes out, and it was mandatory. She wanted everyone down at breakfast. and I, Which, I was, again, is already like, this is taking some of the charm away. Because everything I've heard about charming bed and breakfast is they set it up. Here's the window. You can come down. Right. Maybe you crisscross with another one or two people, whatever. But we're all sitting at a big, you know, formal table having breakfast, and there's right. Probably, so now you just have to like hang out with strangers. Yeah, it's meant to be your romantic time away, and now you're meeting strangers that we don't no want to meet. Want, no one wants to meet strangers. No, that's the whole point. Not in we that went there. situation. We went there to be completely away from everybody. Else. Right. So we're having this breakfast, and then she says, "I want everyone to go around the table and say their name and what they do." This is the worst. And I was like, this is, this is part of the reason I've never had a job it's like, <laughs> because I don't want to be in situations like this. This is what I imagine having a job is like. Well, I immediately see that's my immediate reaction too. But then I, I was like, you know what? This is an opportunity for us to be whoever we want to be right hey, now. Absolutely. And I leaned over to her and I was yeah. like, let's just go with this. She was first coming around the circle. Right. Uh, and I was like, I was like, if you do it, I'm in a hundred percent. Right. Say a fake name say a fake occupation and then I will run with whatever you want after that and it came to her and she said she did she's like I'm Linda Michaels I am an x-ray technician I live in Ohio and then it came to me and I just dropped some shit and it went back around and then it became why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do and normally I would have been like you know what fuck this we're out of here but I we sat there and bullshitted these people and we were whatever we wanted to be that for that hour and a memory and we could have hated it right which we should should have really, but I was like, you know what? Fuck you know this. what though? I, I absolutely agree with that. Like as much as my initial reaction was exactly that. But if I leaned over and said that to you, you'd have been like, fuck yeah, we're doing right. it. Right. Yeah. Because you suddenly have t- turned something that could have been terrible into something that's great. Yeah. I, I talked about this in my show, but I, in Australia, not so much here, but sometimes here, um, in taxi cabs, you, you'll have people like on their Bluetooth, uh, you know, on the phone mm-hmm. and they just won't the whole like journey they won't stop talking on the phone. Like, they don't care that you're a passenger. They won't acknowledge you. They're talking to somebody else, right? And I, my favorite thing to do, particularly in Australia, where, like, it's more traditional to sit in the front seat of the taxi. Oh, is, it is? Yeah. Okay. And so if it's, like, at night and maybe I've been drinking... I've been, so, wait, they'll sit right next to you like that and do that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't find it as offensive if I'm in the back seat. I find it oh, no, no, way I agree with you. But, yeah, no, no, you'll be, like, next to them. <laughs> And they will be just They're talking right to someone there. else. Yeah. And you won't even be able to turn on the radio or whatever because like, they're so on the weird. phone, right? Oh, yeah, it's so rude. It's inappropriate, right? But so what I will do, particularly this is probably like a late at night sort of game, you know, like when you're a little bit drunk or, you know, whatever else. Mm-hmm. after, And I will get in the front seat and I will just have a conversation with them as if I don't know they're on the phone. Like, you so know, you'll be replying to I'll what they're saying. To what they oh, say. that is it's like such awesome. a fun game. Yeah, that is fun. And like the challenge is <laughs> yeah. to try to keep the conversation going because you don't know what the other person's saying. So you just have to kind of like oh, weave fantastic. your story in. 
but the fun of it is if they're not noticing like then you can like really you start to like really get into the character like i love being surprised by what they say so imagine they're just having a conversation and they're just and he's like and then nikki said and i'll be like nikki i mean i can't believe nikki like, said no, that nikki said that right <laughs> So they don't. If they don't get it, who the hell do they think you're talking to? Oh well, they don't know. But the point is that they don't. They're just so you. dialed They're out. They're so into this other thing that you're wow. not being. It doesn't work. I mean, the minute they acknowledge you is the minute they get off the phone. You know. But yeah, I like that idea that you turned it into something fun. I like to do that a lot. Anytime I'm at a wedding where actually we have one coming up in a couple of weekends, there's a wedding where we know no one going, but we know the bride and groom have invited us, but we know absolutely no one going. So when we get seated at our table, I'm always like, this one wedding I went to in particular was the same situation. This girl um, was like, you want to go with me? I was like, yeah, I'll go with you. Have fun. Uh It was a Jewish wedding. So it was on a Sunday and we go out to this really ritzy um, country club out in Woodland Hills and um, we're seated at a table. There's some senior citizens There's some other people and we don't know who anyone is. And she was totally cool chick she's like let's smoke a joint before we go in so we do and then we get in and uh you know i'm social on weed i don't clam up uh and i was like all right it's time to start the cross table communication she's like what i'm like i got it and i just start going across that older couple over i'm like how do you guys who do you guys here for how do you know the brian groom and we just start getting into it and then you're whoever you want i love that shit i i love that it's so much fun to improv what you know my friend uh, make, and people believe it like two come, come here come here meet this my guy. friend uh, justin hamilton who's a brilliant australian stand-up comedian that people will know who listen to this podcast uh but years ago i was a guest of some football team and he was like my plus one like and it was like but they'd got his name wrong so it was like jason harrington or whatever so he just was jason yeah, harrington. yeah. like he was that guy for the entire three hours <laughs> we were at this lunch when people asked who he was like he had this whole story and it was Yes, three of the most entertaining hours I've ever had in my life. But the Jewish wedding one reminded me. I went to a Jewish wedding as well where I knew no one. Like uh, my girlfriend uh, was the, you know, the from the bride's side. But it was a traditional Jewish wedding where you get to the wedding and uh, they split the men and the women apart. So the entire like first two hours or whatever <sighs> is like just the men. And I don't know any of these right. men. Like I'm a plus one and we've been, I've been separated from the one person that I know and like, I'm not Jewish, right. you know what I mean? Like, but, and everyone there is Jewish to some degree. Like I'm literally the, the outsider. Like I feel like, you know, not that I'm saying that they would do this, but it feels like one of those things where you've stumbled into a meeting and a couple of people are pissed off because now they can't talk about the things that right. they would have been talking about. <laughs> I got a cell camera right. on too, man. Yeah, right. Oh, right. Now I can't read my phone. Great. Now yeah, I can't right. really be what uh, yeah. the asshole I want to yeah, be. Yeah, I was yeah. looking forward to this, like where we can just be ourselves. I'm not saying they are like that. I'm just saying that, you know, you, when you sure, feel like yeah. you're an outsider. But then at the same time, everyone was really lovely to me. But I felt like I realized, basically, I took the approach of I could have just sat there and like, felt alienated from this situation. But instead, I just like, I almost pretended I was making a documentary. I basically just went, I don't really know anything about any of this and why this is happening. You know what? I challenged myself by the end of the day to like be right across this. 
like you know it's just like watching a documentary i'm yeah. like i've got like a real life documentary that i can ask questions to and like i th- that was my whole night by the end of it like if i'd gone on like jeopardy or whatever i would have <laughs> you know picked <laughs> traditional jewish weddings because like i'm not saying i remember it all but i i knew all about yeah. the, the the milk and the you know the, the hope separated and the break and in the glass and everything all everything yeah. was like ah oh, everything because every time it happened i could just turn to someone and go why are they on the chair now and what's this and they want to tell you yeah yeah yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was kind of fun. Yeah. This wedding I went to, I'll never forget to. It was uh. So what happened was the the there were two sisters. The sister getting married was the younger sister. So the older sister already felt like the single older sister already felt like the single older sister, yeah. and we somewhat knew her. She was our connection in, and she got sauced up. Um, I'm sorry, we knew the younger sister. The older sister got sauced up, take, took some pills and stuff. They're telling us like she is not dealing well with it. Right. And then her dad gets up, and um, there's a band on stage. And they're like, all right, now it's time for uh, some speeches. And the dad gets up, and he does this whole thing about um, giving away his little girl. And, you know, when he fought in the Korean War and blah, 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 blah. And then the sister gets up, and she is just a mess. And I'm like, here we go. And she's like, well, I mean, I first just want to say, you know, I'm so happy for my younger, more beautiful sister who's getting married today. And you already start hearing people go, oh, yeah. Strike yourself in. Right. Some and people I'm, like, oh. some and I'm, people, I'm giving her the yeah. elbow, like, oh, come on. Some people who were like, slightly distracted are suddenly like, hang on, something's about to happen here. This is, uh, <laughs> no, no, I got chicken. Hang like, on, hang on. You know what? That's fine. Just put something down. Just shh. So, um, and the dad gave a great speech, yeah. but you can only imagine, you know, so I'll tell you. So she then gets on and says, you know, when we were little girls at Halloween, I would be the beautiful princess and Wendy would be the ugly maid. And today those roles are reversed. And then just more. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and so, look, self-deprecating can be good as a comedian, yeah. but. This I've probably, never forgot this. It's probably either. a little bit too real. Larry David. <laughs> and then she says, this is my favorite line. She goes, I'm not great at giving a speeches like my dad. I mean, I wasn't in Korea. And I laughed oh, out loud so hard because that little line itself was so deep to me like who knows how many times those poor girls have had to hear their dad say when well, i was in korea yeah. like, it's such a loaded time. sentence it says so much about everything their relationship <laughs> and it also like says something about the nature of like people yeah in that it is possible to be extremely like there's a bit, a bit of graffiti that i've talked about and it, it look it's it's about women but it could be about men equally it's not it just was written the way i saw it and it basically said no, no matter how beautiful you think she is someone somewhere is sick of her shit yes right that's right and it can be men or women yep. it's not like a you know specific thing but it's important to remember that about everyone that's right you know, there was times when, like, Jesus or Muhammad or Buddha or whoever, like, sh- well, obviously there was times. I mean, most of those people got yeah, killed. By I was saying, yeah. There was definitely a day for Jesus. <laughs> there was a specific day. 
for Jesus. There were they were like, it's enough, man. Yeah, but that, I mean, it, but that's the the point is even those guys, right? Like you know this like I mean if those guys were around today, you know that that like Jesus would have to be like constantly saying things like you know people would be like Jesus, what do you think about all the things that people are saying about you? And he's gonna be like, haters gonna hate us. Yeah, that's it. That's like, exactly right. And there would be a whole website like whatever, fuck what Jesus is saying. Yeah. That's some bullshit. Yeah. Um. So. The, not, a, not even an American. <laughs> no. Turns out he's some sort of Arab. <laughs> We've been misled for all those times. Um, and now she's really obviously sauced up and she just trashed her dad and stuff. And she starts getting ready to rip. And I mean, I, I don't remember. It was her brother, I think, maybe got up and they just just grabbed her or whatever. And she's like, whatever, fine. And she just drops the mic drops and hits the, mic. hits the ground and it gives the perfect squeal. Yeah. And then the dude in the band didn't miss one beat. He said, two, three, four. And he just went right into music. And it was the best. It was the best. I love it. I, I love that they're the band that are, that are known best for that. That's what I like to think. <laughs> Like, you know, when you're booking your wedding yeah. entertainment, they're like, and the wedding planner is telling you who you can get. And they're like, well, there's the, look, these guys are really good because they've got a really fun style. They get everyone up and dancing. Brilliant musicians, a little bit difficult to deal with. But, you know, if you're willing to pay the extra bit and whatever, they're fantastic. Now, these guys, not as good and charming as musicians, but their timing when it comes to wedding awkwardness is impeccable. I have seen them play. Like their way out of and look if you just if you've got any fears that there'll be someone in the wedding party who might and they're like this is the band for us we need put them up last put them up and this, these guys will, these, <laughs> these guys, guys will jump right in like, and they're they instinctual oh god they don't have to wait for a sign they know when to go it went boom two three four. oh man he was right on it and it was so much fucking fun people have so heard me fun. talk about this before but yeah you are probably hearing this for the first time so i will uh tell you because i Please think you might me. be interested yeah uh which is this actually you know what i'm gonna just uh you can talk just for a sec while i get a small water can i get another small water please thank you i appreciate that oh here's your little let's go clippers hand right here oh that is nice man uh, that is really good if you are at the game and uh, you are trying to enjoy a uh, massive packet of uh, uh, like unshelled peanuts, <laughs> which is what I was doing. Can you imagine me? I was like, paint the picture. I've like had this cookie on the u- in the Uber on the way there, and then I've gone in. I've had a couple of beers, so I'm just like, I'm really lovely toasted I've perfectly got, toasted right i've got some merch so i'm in my big clippers like you know jacket and i'm like i'm there just by myself like i'm soaking up the you know the pre-show the dunks everything and then i'm like all right i'm gonna get myself some like snacking food and i got a big packet of those unshelled peanuts so now just imagine me just in my own space like just there like unshelling the peanut and then i like, eating the and doing the clapper thing right, and shit like, clapper in one getting hand. emotional in yeah, sweatpants <laughs> sweatpants right <laughs> like this on the knee eating my peanuts right uh, enjoying my you know and then just like getting choked up that I'm like oh my god like Doc Rivers must be so proud of his son so it was like could not have enjoyed myself more had a really great time had a, had a couple of brief words with the gentleman next to me but I didn't really want to talk too much but occasionally he would you know refer to like some bit of play or whatever and I'd kind of give him some 
you know, interaction back. But that was pretty much the extent of my human interaction. I love that you went by yourself. I learned uh, a long time ago that, you know, if you sit around and even, even if you wait for people, sometimes they'll cancel plans and then you're, then you're out that night. And I remember, um, I was in college, I was probably 22, 23. And a bunch of us were going to go out to this new bar in, in Baltimore, um, that just opened up and then everyone canceled. And if this was the, and I, and any other time prior to this, I did the same thing, nothing. Right. And this one night I was like, you know what? Fuck it. What's it going to feel like to go myself down there and have fun? There's only one way to find out. So I drove myself down. I went to this bar and right when you walked in, they were doing this uh, putt putt game, little miniature golf game. Uh -huh. And if you sunk a hole in one, you got a free beer and you could continue until you missed. Well, it was just a straight flat little piece. It was, there was no challenge to it at right. all. You just had to hit the damn thing straight. And I was like, well, fuck, I just got here. Let me see if I can win a beer, go in, whatever. Right. And I step up and I drop my first hole in one and they're just yelling over to the, you know, the girl at the beer tub, like Nancy, he's got one. And then two and then three and then four. And I'm, I can't believe it. I'm, I don't golf. I'm not good at this shit, but I've dropped five in a row at this point. Is there people gathering? Yeah. There's all yeah, people gathering. gathering. I am. Nancy, yep, like he's on the sick. street. <laughs> Nancy, we got ourselves a Tiger Woods. <laughs> Nancy, <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> well, here comes three beautiful girls I went to high school with. They're all now in college, yeah. and now I know them. They know me. They're like, "What are you doing here?" And I was yeah. like. I came by myself tonight, and they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, everyone flaked. I decided to come down. I'm standing with this damn you know, club right. in my hand. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I just sat here, and I just started golfing, and I've got a, like a, a six-pack of credit over there. Why don't you three go over there? And, the, and they're like, what are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, this guy hasn't missed yet. I right. dropped eight and was able to give them beers, myself beers, had the fucking time of my life that night. And right. then ever since then, I've gone to... I'm an Orioles fan, and they come out to California usually once a year, but definitely twice. I go every single year. Um, they've only played the Dodgers once in L.A. since interleague, and I wear my shit, and I go by myself. And one year, we were really good. The Orioles were really good. It was our year. It didn't end up being our year, but it was, should have been our year. And I go out to Anaheim, and uh, first pitch, home run. And then another one, and we're winning like 4 nothing. And then it's like, I'm talking playful shit. I'm not being a dick. People are talking to me because I have my shit on. I'm playing back. And then we end up losing the fucking game in the ninth inning. And, I mean, here comes soda cups, hot dog wrappers. <laughs> I mean, nothing. It's crazy offensive. Just people like, shut right. the fuck up, you dick. I was like, God. And you just stroll back by yourself. I fucking love it. I'm glad you did that. I mean, there's also something more fun about experiencing something, just how you experience it. Like, I mean, look, here's the thing. In the last couple of years... I think both both as a like a genuine personal journey. I, I like I felt like I was at a point in my life where I wanted to learn more about myself, but um, also just through circumstance. Like you know, who I don't know which came first, the chicken or the egg. They're probably both as a result of the same thing, you know. Uh, but I've been on the road. You know, I've literally been on the road for two years. I haven't really been living anywhere. Like you know, I've been here a bit, but I haven't really been any one place. You know, I was mostly on the road, and I'm mostly by myself. You know, I spent most of the last year right. by myself, you know, meeting strangers. And 
you know, sometimes I just stay to myself and, you know, stay in and watch, you know, binge watch some TV shows or whatever. But, like, a lot of the time I've just got to go out and do things and experience things and, like, throw myself into it, which has not necessarily been, like, a, something that I have been comfortable with in in my past, you know. So it's in, it's an interesting thing to have to, like, do that. But I love that story because it kind of, like, it rewarded you. But at the same time, you could have just been, like, that crazy guy who goes and plays golf for beer. Like, <laughs> poor, poor Ryan. Like, has no one to hang out with. What was he doing? What are you doing here? Well, technically, I guess I'm by myself playing golf for beer. Yeah. yeah. And I'm winning. But I'm winning. So Go like, enjoy your beer on me. I'll come over and hang out with you three hot ladies after this. It's way better than the dudes I was going to be with. Right. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's an interesting... I mean, well, I guess it's also about that idea of, like, taking an experience. Like, you know, I think that sometimes your experience, and sometimes it's really good that your experience can be shaped by somebody else. But at the same time, sometimes it's good to just go and experience something and go, am I enjoying this? Like, you know, like at the end of the game, for example, like they were winning by a lot, right? And uh, which was great. That's actually what I wanted to see. I didn't want to see a close game. You want to I wanted out, one of those yeah. games where we played great and the whole time I never had to be nervous that we were going to lose. And that's exactly what that game was. Like everyone that I loved played great. It was a really fun game to watch. I was having a great time. But like in the final quarter, it's clearly done. Like the game is over. And so some people, even fans, are like, well, you know, it's LA on a Friday night and the pitch perfect two premieres are on across the road. <laughs> yeah. You know, <coughs> we're going to get out of here, right? And so there was a part of me that kind of just did that thing of going, oh, should I go and try to get like... And then I was like, what are you doing? Like what... I mean, there's no one else. Like just stay until the end and yeah. enjoy yourself and like take your time getting home and, and whatever. And it was even that where you're like, oh, no, no, I'm having a good time. This is a better time than whatever else I'd be doing with this time. Let's just like, you know, stay and enjoy yourself. And The uh, Yankee fans have a great chant for the people that do that when uh, especially like they would they would come down to Baltimore and overrun Cam. Orioles were terrible for so long. They right. would come down and just overrun Camden Yards and it would be almost like a home game for the Yankees with all the people who wanted to either, you know, make the short commute down to watch their team, plus the New Yorker transplants that had moved there and stuff. And anytime we were being blown out and people would leave early, all of them would start chanting, beat the traffic. <laughs> and you just hear them doing it and watch these masses of people just roll out. <laughs> and they're just calling them on their shit. Like, yeah, go get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting to see towns. I was in Cleveland the other week, and that's a town that's very much defined by its, like, sports. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's a real – like, I mean, the, it, obviously LeBron's back there, and that's, like, kind of turned the town around in some ways. But at the same time, they have this, like, terrible sporting history of their teams not, you know, being that successful, and that's kind of defining them as well. And the Cleveland Browns, for those of you who don't know, moved to Baltimore and became the Ravens, and then the NFL allowed them to then become the Browns again and add them back in. Right. Just so you know, and Cleveland Brown history from a Baltimore guy. They don't, and, they're not fans of the Ravens. Uh, yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's really interesting. I think that you can learn a lot like from kind of watching sports fans and seeing how people react to sports. It's like, I, I, I wonder what it is as human beings. I've talked about this before, but you're a sports fan. So what, what do you think it is about sports? Because I was thinking this, 
because I've been loving the basketball, the, the, the timing of these playoffs, particularly because like I've watched every game, but I've watched every game of the, like, these playoffs because they have two games a day. I'm riding at the moment. I'm home. Like I literally sit there and watch both games while I'm doing other things. And it's like, it's great. I can be really into it. Right. When, when the football World Cup, like the soccer World Cup was on, I'm not even like a football fan, but I watched the whole thing because it was on at a good time. And I, I was here it. last time. Right. Yeah. And I had such a great time. Yeah. And I, I really got into it. But when I was back in Australia, because I was touring and I was busy, like, and because I can get so much access to Australian football, I wasn't really even following the basketball at all. So it made me think a, a bit about my kind of like, like I'm at the point now in my life, like I love all sports, but like really, it, like if I'm in Australia, there's so much information about Australian football, which is the sport I like the most, that I would just mostly just, I'm like, I'll just mostly be into Australian football. Like, I don't need the other sports. What do you think it is? Because it made me think about the basketball thing. Sorry, this is a very long-winded way of me saying this, but I was, I was kind of just processing this thought, which is like, I love the basketball. Like, I went the other night. I spent all this money. I had a great time. But when I was at home, I didn't really give a shit about it in that same way. What 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 do we respond to? What hole does it fill? What why do you think it's there? Why is why do people like me who know that it's not important think that it's important? I think it's honestly. I think each. I think it's personal to each person. You know, uh, for me, I still have a love of the Orioles because it goes back to you know my father died when I was sixteen. It goes back to being a little kid and holding his hand and going to those games. You know, it takes me certainly takes me there. It's also a bit of you know, I'm a transplant to Los Angeles, so it's a bit of hometown pride for me. Um, something to keep me connected to uh, friends and family back there, uh, even if it is just to call and talk about uh, the Orioles or the Ravens. That's that may be what starts the conversation. Then it always goes into you know real life stuff. But um, look at you. I mean, we'll take your story as an example. The other night, uh, you went and you had an emotional. Uh, attachment to that moment in there. And I'm saying, I think that uh, something like that can create a fan also, you know, if you had never even been before you weren't can create, I think that, um, you know, sports are a way to, you know, they're a way to stay connected with, you know, people that you have that one thing in common with, even if you don't get along politically, if you root for the same team, I think all that stuff sort of falls away. And this is probably an overly sentimental thing to say, but I'm going to say it because it occurred to me the other night again, because I was there by myself and I'm not guided by what other people's like, you know, and again, this is that sort of thing going, trying to be your true self, like literally go, what do I like? What do I enjoy? I was thinking about it this way. I could not be more excited about the Mad Max. uh, Yeah. Like, I think that movie, and I've read all the reviews, and I just think it's going to be everything that I want from a movie. And I love Mad Max, and I'm really excited. And George Miller lives near me at home, and I see him in the street, oh, yeah? and I talk to him. And I, I'm excited for yeah. everyone and everything. Pitch Perfect 2 comes out this week, and I'm also going to say that, because I love <laughs> that first film. Anyway, my point is that you can, if you just be yourself, like, I'm more ashamed to say the second one of those things than I am by the first. Like, you know? Like... I like the kiss cam. When I see people on the kiss cam and I see how they react and I see people like have a kiss, people I don't know, like, and you see a little snapshot of their relationship, yeah. like that woman at making that speech where you just understand that what 
you understand their world and their relationship just from that moment. Sure. You I see the people that, that put like, no, 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 or the other ones that are all excited to do it. And yeah, yeah. yeah. And That's it says, nice. and you immediately know everything about them. Yep. And it's like, I love that shit. Like, I find that really fascinating. Yeah. I, I mean, I, the other thing I think too for sports is, um, you know, football, American football, gridiron, uh, for me is it's human chess. I mean, it's, you know, the old stereotype of the football players, dumb and an idiot jock. And I was so, you know, I mean, now you realize how ridiculous this is. These guys are learning playbook. If you even just play Madden one time, you're going, Jesus Christ, all these fucking, like, what? I don't even know what to fucking pick. And these guys are, you know, just move the linemen are moving this way to make a run go this way. I mean, it's just for me, human chess. I really enjoy that. But I was just telling um, Donna that I want Derek to start playing team a team sport again, at least one. I want him to understand what it is to be a part. Like he's a skater right now, and he was playing sports, but I don't care what it is. He really likes basketball, and he's kind of tall for his age. And I'm like, hey, if that's the sport, that's the sport. But let's. You know, be, I want you to be a part of a team and see what it's like to really work at it and get good at something with other people. You know, that that moment for uh, Doc Rivers' kid, I mean, what a moment, not just for Doc, too, but for that team. They probably had to feel like, good for you, man. Like, uh, and the reaction. You become like, a fan on the bench as a teammate watching this guy and one, you're loving it. One of the greatest moments, and if people have seen this moment, and I did like retweet a lot of the stuff, but. Um, there's a moment where basically it's either the end of the quarter or the timeout or whatever when he's just been on this like because he shot like I think he shot 15 points in the third quarter and like the opposition shot 18 points or whatever like it was one of those like sort of quarters and he um it was like whatever the whistle blew and he's gone over to like the huddle and the first two people out on court who were on the bench were Chris Paul and Blake Griffin who are the two best players for the Clippers You're right. and like they almost like ran to him in this like sort of like it was a moment of celebration where exactly what you're saying you were like oh that they're excited for him yeah you know it's great yeah and it was it was like it was it was a very cool moment to watch like and it was one of those things where if you said to me before the game like what do you want to see the last thing that I would have said was Austin Rivers score twenty five points that would have been oh great like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you told me my favorite moment of the game would happen while Blake Griffin and Chris Paul were on the would have been bench. a hug. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's that's as good as a place as any for us to finish. Um, uh, he, thanks for coming back. Thank you for always having me, man. I uh, really enjoy it every single time. You're so great. tell me this: uh, people need to listen to the Crab Feast, which is your podcast, of course. They need to do that. But what else? Uh, where else can they find you? See you? All those sort of things. All those plugs that you do at the start yeah, of your podcast. Um, you can find me on online social media: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Ryan Sickler. My website's ryansickler.com. All my in-town LA dates are there. I'll be at the Punchline in San Francisco, June twenty-fourth. Um, that's really it for right now. Being a parent, I mean, I've been—I just got back from the Bridgetown Festival. Like, I've been away doing a little bit of stuff, so I want to—I uh, want to be a parent. Like, I fucking—we have this little thing called a drop cam. It's a video camera where you can watch your baby from anywhere. And we were down at the South by Southwest Festival. We, I was up here, and I'm—I can watch. My daughter sleep. I can also click on the microphone. I love to click on the microphone and just start going, hello. 
<laughs> and they're running around the house like, what the fuck is that? And it just makes me laugh. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I want to get back to doing that a little bit and have fun. And I'm just doing some in-town LA shows that are all up on my website. Yeah, no, I do think definitely... Um because, you know, I think about kids and not in a weird way. Don't take that out of context. Um, <laughs> I didn't until you said it. But, yeah, I, know, now, I need to feel now like, I heard it. I, yeah. I feel like that needs to come with a legal disclaimer. I need to. <laughs> there's, a, there's a moment in your most recent uh, podcast with Dave Anthony where he's describing uh, putting his hand, uh, it turns out, into a girl's armpit that had hair under the arm. Yes. But because you're all in the room and he's obviously doing the action, like he never describes that it's the armpit. So basically, it sounds like he's telling a story of him putting his hand down a girl's pants and finding hair until one of you references that it's... Okay, one of us did. Okay. But there's like a moment for a moment like where I'm like, this is a weird... This story took a weird... (laughs) Hang on, this went there really quickly. It's Dave Anthony, and what do like, you expect? what happened? And then, I, like, it, 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 there's a revelation. But um, uh, That's a great episode. He was so fucking good. It's very funny. It is a, fun, it is he's a very, really very funny, funny episode. So uh, please check that out. I, um, I have some gigs and stuff as well. So um, I will mention, uh, look, I'll, I'll be in London the first two weeks of uh, June. I'll be at the Soho Theatre in London. Plus... We are doing our very first live uh, faux fop in the UK. So, oh, congrats! Yeah, so Saturday night, eleven uh, thirty. So it'll be a late night show, but you know that's it's the West End of London, and at eleven thirty at night's barely late night. You know, so that'll be really fun. That'll be on the sixth of June, and uh, come and see my show and come and see the podcast. That'd be really cool. And then uh, I'll be doing Free Will, my show in uh, LA, July the eleventh at Nerd Melt. And I will be doing it in Montreal as part of the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival before I come back and do Sydney and uh, Perth. Sydney in August and Perth in September. But I'll give you more details as we get closer to those. Uh, Mate, thank you very much. Thank you. We will get out of the way and let the cleaner uh, clean in pace. (laughs) 